Welcome to the Fear and Greed Business Interview. I'm Sean Aylmer. Hub24 is one of those companies that we don't talk a lot about, but it's really become a share market darling over the past few years. It manufactures and provides technology and administration tools for financial advisors and accountants, but it also holds investments on its platform, including superannuation. It released its half-year results yesterday, reporting a 39% increase in statutory net profit and a higher dividend. Investors certainly seem to like what they heard, making Hub24 one of the better performers on the ASX 200 yesterday. In fact, nine years ago, one Hub24 share would cost you about a dollar. Today, they're trading at closer to $40. Andrew Alcock is the CEO and Managing Director of Hub24. Andrew, welcome back to Fear and Greed. Thank you, Sean. Good to be here. Congratulations on your result yesterday. Now, not that I'm suggesting it's good or bad, but the share price suggests that the the market likes it at least. Before we jump into the result, just tell us exactly what Hub24 does and where your revenue streams are for those who don't know your company. Sure. We're an investment and superannuation platform business primarily, but we do have a couple of other operating segments, uh, which is really about working with financial advisors and accountants who are helping their customers save for retirement or deal with uh, drawdown in retirement. So it's a platform, if you like, like BT Wrap, Macquarie Wrap, where you get to choose where your superannuation or investments are invested. And we do the administration, the tax reporting, the trading and so forth for you with your advisor, uh, hopefully getting you a better outcome. We've got some great tools uh, like our managed portfolio capability that is really leading edge and actually creates better outcomes in terms of returns for clients with great advice and good investment managers. So that's the core part of our business. We have a couple of other software businesses, Class being a the market leader in self-managed super fund administration software and a portal for clients for households called My Prosperity, which is really about allowing you to store your household wealth together and collaborating with your with your advisors. Okay, so your revenue streams then, where does a bulk of revenue come from? The bulk of the revenue is from the platform business. So it's from administration fees and trading fees on the Hub24 custodial platform. We do also have revenue in our platform segment from running administration services where we don't have money held in custody, but they're held in the client's own name. Uh, we do that for some stockbrokers as well, but that's the vast bulk of our revenue. I think it's about 150 mil for uh, 156 mil for the total group, and 120 million of that is in our platform business. The other 34 is in uh, technology solutions business. Okay. So I think when we discussed, we talked a couple of years ago, and I remember it's got the black box, all the really hard stuff in the middle is what you do. Uh, It's easy to talk about investing and obviously you have a a financial advisor, but all the process in the middle is kind of what you look after. Broadly speaking, based on share price performance, you've done very well. What is it about your business that's going, I mean, you're in a competitive market. You mentioned Macquarie and BT. They've got well-established platforms out there. What is it about Hub24? Why are you growing faster than market? Oh, look, I think since we started the business, we were absolutely focused on the client and the client's needs and the end-to-end value chain of our industry, whereas traditionally this industry has been dominated by banks or wealth institutions with vertical integration. They've had advice and product solutions or they've been providing the platform, which you might like is the supermarket with all the investments, but they've also had their own investments or their own life insurance on the shelf, which means you're not getting the best of breed of everything in some cases, whereas our model has been open architecture focused on the needs of advisors to help their clients with a sustainable model. So, you know, we do it with you, not do it to you if you like. It's a different attitude. Uh, We play to consumer sentiment. How do we use technology to get a better outcome? 
So a lot of our technology in that black box, if you like, will provide better tax outcomes or what we might call platform alpha, where clients are able to unlock value that was trapped in those old methods in the old world and actually create better returns using some of the technology we've got. So we think about clients, we think about their outcomes, and that in itself looks after the, our shareholder and our profit outcomes because we're, we're doing the right thing, building a sustainable model, but we're disrupting the market. We're finding a better way and a smarter way uh, to maximise people's outcomes. Okay. Can you give us a, a tangible example of what you're saying there in terms of how the product itself, the technology itself, improves outcomes for the client, be that a financial advisor or the end person, which is actually an investor? So traditionally, people invest in platforms with either direct equities or managed funds. For the last few years, people have been investing in managed accounts. Uh, What does that mean? It means that the advisor can actually put a client in a managed account, deliver an advice document, if you like, for that, but the investments underneath that get changed by a professional manager. In the old regime, you'd have to issue a new statement of advice every time you undertook that rebalancing, which means you can't rebalance as often. You're continually having to deliver documents to clients and get them to sign off, whereas Managed accounts allow you to own some of those assets in that investment pool, if you like, in the client's own name. And then you can unwrap them and rewrap them virtually with different investment managers rather than switching in and out of individual managed funds. Every time you switch in and out, there are costs, there are penalties, there are buy prices and sell prices that just don't exist with managed portfolios because you might switch from manager one to manager two, but 70% of the equities are the same. So you don't sell them. Whereas in Mm. in the old world, you'd sell them and rebuy them. Uh, In our world, you don't do that. But interestingly, when you take that model, uh, let's say that if the manager is switching a particular investment in a portfolio, the tax capability in our platform about tax management means you can pick whether you have a minimum gain or a maximum gain. And in some cases, it can save thousands of dollars of capital gains tax on those switches. Whereas in managed funds, that gets tied up in the unit price and is a drag on performance. That's a, a simple, more tangible example. Sorry, it's technical, but that's at the heart of what managed accounts do on our platform, apart from all the other efficiencies we deliver. Stay with me, Andrew. We'll be back in a minute. My guest this morning is Andrew Alcock, CEO and Managing Director of Hub24. The financial advisor must be central then to your business. I've noticed that the numbers of financial advisors using your platform has grown. How have you gone out? Because I've spoken to many people who spend their lives trying to attract financial advisors. You guys seem to have done that reasonably well. How have you done that? Is it just the platform? But there must be more to it than that. Oh, look, it's our culture. It's who we are. A lot of our team have worked across this industry for many years and they feel like they've come home to Hub24 because what we're building is an open architecture, next generation solution. So we have strong relationships. But as I said, it's the way we work. We want to listen to our clients. We want to build solutions that work for them. We're dealing with improving the efficiency of advisors. In this country, there is such a demand for advice and such a shortage of advice. The average advisor deals with 120 customers each. Our goal is to double that. Our goal is to make it easier through more efficient processes. So if you get that alignment right and you have the best solution and you actually work in relationship with those clients, uh, it all yields the results. So really, uh, we are collaborating. It's not about here's my product, take it or leave it. We'll find a way to make it easier or smarter when there's reg change for the advisor to look after their clients. Uh, And that's part of our DNA. Uh, Sorry, you said reg change there. Is there any reg change on the board that you're talking about specifically there? 
there's always reg there's change. Always, I mean, right. for example, uh, a year a year ago, clients had to consent to us collecting fees on their behalf for advisors. Uh, a lot of our competitors of the market said, "Here's the form you have to fill in." We said, yeah. "We'll take any form. We'll use machine learning, and we'll take the form that you use as an advisor or someone else's to make this easier to implement." Okay, going forward, the um, a couple of things. I think everyone needs financial advice. That's my personal view. Um, how do we make it? affordable, I mean, for, affordable for a financial planner, really, to actually give advice to someone who's got $300,000, not $3 million? Hey, great question. And what we've got with the loss of advisors in the industry, and it's now starting to rebuild, is you've got a lot of financial advisors moving to higher balance clients because they can afford the fees. The Quality Advice Review and Minister Jones is actually adopting some of those recommendations from Michelle Levy is aimed at doing that as well, making it easier to deliver advice, lower the hurdles. Um, from my point of view, it's data and technology. If we can make it easier to gather a client's information, store it in a portal, we have a business called My Prosperity. So the advisor can have all the information there and share it with the client. And we use things like machine learning and technology to gather data. So we we, we do things like look at where the issues might be using technology uh, and try and head them off rather than the old world where audits were done on every single file. So it's about automating some of the, the compliance burden with technology so advisors can focus more and more on their clients, which means they can see more clients or lower their fees. And we do that in many, many different ways. Managed portfolios is one example, all our reporting suite. It's about making the process easier and better. The biggest issue for our industry is that the big guys have left. The banks have exited wealth management. The capital required to uh, build infrastructure to help advice and share data just hasn't been there. And that's where we're playing to gather data together to make it easier for clients and advisors. That's the investment required to lower the cost. Do you think the banks will come back in? Westpac recently decided not to sell off its BT platform. ANZ have sort of made notions about it. Do you think they will come back in? Oh, look, over time, I think that ha- that happens. But they'll come in in a different way if they do. They certainly are still cleaning up some things of the past. Uh, Westpac have decided not to sell Panorama. Um, they did try to sell the business. QAR will allow them to deliver some advice. But three of the other banks have, don't have the capability. They've sold their platforms as well. So it's possible, uh, but they'll come in in a different way. But we've always competed against the banks as well. And, and part of their, their uh, shrinking or, or lowering a market share, I think, is the innovation and tech we've brought to the industry. They may come back. I think any advice delivery in this country is great for Australians, and we're happy to compete on that basis. Okay. Hub24, can you get the same sorts of share price appreciation growth over the next 10 years that you've had in the previous 10 years? It'd be a pretty good effort, to be honest. It's 40 times. So <laughs> Yeah, well, thanks. Um, we're really good at growing shareholder value because we grow customer value. If we keep doing that, there'll be appreciation there. Uh, you know, we're priced with a high multiple, clearly, but we have 6% market share, yet we are the leading platform with the leading flows. And in this country, uh, the second highest choice of super fund across industry funds, even where people choose to switch their money out of one fund to another, there's upside there. There's no reason why we can't double and triple our market share, which will show results in share price, hopefully, if we do it well. So we're absolutely bullish about what we're doing. It'd be hard to repeat uh, the growth of the past because when I started, we were losing money, but Mm. we're very excited about the opportunity ahead and we're certainly going to focus on our customers in the industry to do that. Andrew, thank you for talking to Fear and Green. Thank you, Sean. Great to be here. 
That was Andrew Alcock, CEO and Managing Director of Hub24. This is the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. Remember, this is general information only and you should seek professional advice before making any investment decision. Join us every morning for the full episode of Fear and Greed, Australia's most popular business podcast. I'm Sean Elmer. Enjoy your day.